Hey, 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 everyone. It's your girl, E, owner and host of Seriously Self Care Podcast. A little bit of my bio I am a pro black, pro self love, and self care advocate. I am a 31 year old black woman and I'm a feminist because I, before I was anything else, I was a woman first. <laughs> so I like to let people know that I am a woman first which allows me in my own right to claim that I am a feminist. I've experienced my fair share of traumas and in 2015 I went on a journey of self-healing and my own personal spiritual journey. In that process I have shared my many ups and downs and highs and lows, uh, my triggers and my triumphs all while being a mom of now four beautiful children. Seriously Self-Care Podcast has been a baby that I've been birthing and nurturing for about a couple of years now. And in light of recent events, I felt the need to propel myself in a direction to really take on this podcast with my first ever Seriously Self-Care Podcast episode two-part segment on protection of black women. And I do have a co-host with me today. His name is Michael. So tell everybody about yourself, Michael. Yo, 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 it's Michael, aka <laughs> nah, just playing, y'all. <laughs> Hope everybody's good. Um, name's Michael Fogarty. Um, I'm just here to help out and be a listening ear and get ready for to <laughs> hear some of these uh, points that need to be made and um, try to bring some understanding and uh, just grow and understanding what the, some of the plights that uh, our brother, our sisters are going through these days. Um, uh, just everyday working Joe, I'm here, let's let's get to it. Everyday working Joe? What does that mean, everyday working Joe? I'm just like a nine work, to five, I'm just a work entrepreneur, like what, like what is that, what does that mean? Uh, people don't need to know all that, so <laughs> all you need to know is that I make, I pay my bills legally <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> so, that's so you work like a Jamaican or what? Like, well, Michael is a that's, Jamaican. That's so a stereotype. That is a stereotype. I do apologize to any of my Jamaican listeners that's going to be listening. <laughs> that was just an inside joke. I do apologize for that, you guys. But, um, Michael, you look good today. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> You really use the whistling sound effect. It's the whistle. I, I can't believe you right now. <laughs> goofy, goofy. I'm just saying. So what's, so what's the fail joke? Y'all, y'all, y'all. This is just a light in the mood, you know. Yeah, I'm about to say, y'all. She told me that she had some sound effects, so I'm thinking, you know, all right, that's cool, y'all. I did not know she was gonna have like. The whistle, the wah, wah, wah. I got everything wah, wah. for this. You go have like the, the drum. Yeah. The, the, the rib shot. I got everything. Listen. Thank you, audience, for listening. He got the <laughs> Not a soul. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I mean, I just want to lighten them because protecting black women is such a serious subject. Like, I. Like, I know I get passionate in talking about protection of black women because I feel like if, if who else but me? And a lot of things that I hear, 
that I see, especially in social media, uh, people's opinions, especially black men's opinions on protection of black women, I'd be appalled, disgusted, angry. So I, I'm just trying to lighten the mood. And that's why I had you today, Michael, because um, even though you're not a black woman, let's just, I mean, he's clearly he's not a black woman. Uh, I wanted Michael to speak on protection of black women because, um, you know, not all the time I'm going to have somebody on the podcast that it, their opinion matches mine. However, I strongly believe in the things that come out of people's mouths, and I don't want to put into the universe have a fool on my podcast, seriously self-care, who don't believe in or understand or actually live their lifestyle in a way of protecting black women. And... I appreciate you leading by example. So I have you on the podcast today <laughs> because I want people to understand that there is there are men, black men, who understands protecting black women is um, something that is is urgent. It's an urgency in protecting black women. It's an urgency in black men in specific, in particular, protecting black women and understanding what that means and and knowing that this is a community effort. This is not just oh it ain't my business, it's all my mind my business. Some things need to be spoken on, some things need to be talked about, some things need to be in social media uh, opinions that are opposed to the, the norm of what protecting black women means to everyday society black man so I just really what's the everyday working Joe <laughs> I just really wanted you on this and I appreciate you being here today uh, to give your opinion on protecting black women this is going to be like I said a two part segment so the, this first part that we're going to record today is going to really be about the what it means in the beginning like the start of everything is protected black women the second segment we're going to bring it into current events uh we're going to address megan the stallion tori lanes we're going to address brianna taylor black women fighting consistently continuously for this protection that we have been so begging and so needing people to understand that this is this is urgent for right now for us as black women and being in the 21st century as a 31-year-old black woman, black woman going in throughout life, experiencing different traumas and triggers and situations, uh, black women need this outlet. We need to vent. We need to be able to have these traumas and triggers and our triumphs recorded and for people to hear about it because, you know, it's so taboo. Um the different things that black women face so the first thing I wanted to cover is the Bible on protecting families uh, specifically fathers because I am a Christian woman I'm just I mean just putting that out there and um, so with me everything starts with the word so I want people to understand that in the beginning there was the word and the word was with God and the word was God so for me Starting off the Bible on protecting families and fathers protecting families has been since the beginning of time. Um, and it's a responsibility for fathers 
to protect their families. And I know that that is not the norm. That is not the 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 thing that we see in black families. That we, I, I mean, black fathers being there for their families, being there for their child's mothers, being there for their wives, uh, the women in their family. You know, that's something so uh, taboo in a way, in a sort, because we we don't understand the dynamics of family. So. When it comes to the Bible and protecting families and fathers, I just wanted to dive into that. Where it says First Timothy, First Timothy five and eight, on providing for his family members in the household, um, not providing for his families and family members in the household is worse than an unbeliever. Meaning, who you are in God will not be recognized unless you are caring for your home and your family first. And I think that. Black fathers and black husbands, they don't understand uh, what that means. I mean, because, you know, a lot of times there isn't black husbands in the household. It's just black mothers. However, that doesn't stop your responsibility as a black father to care for your the black mother that carries your seed. Because, I mean, clearly we're doing it backwards anyway. I mean, there's we have the children unwed. But that doesn't stop your responsibility as a father. I mean, I honestly feel like it, it shouldn't be so taboo that a black father, black husband is caring for their family first. I'm just going to interject really quick. <laughs> I just want to make sure that, you know, the, the rhetoric isn't that there aren't any black fathers, there aren't any black husbands, there aren't any black men out there handling their responsibilities I'm not going to I'm not going to insert myself into this situation I mean I see it that's kind of backwards, I'm not going to insert myself I see it <laughs> you know I, I, you know, just um, just the things that I see online, yeah you know we, we, we see all the foolishness, we see all the things that are thrown out there on Instagram, we see the foolishness that's on um, uh, some of these programs that's out there, I'm not going to name any because I don't want nobody coming back on me like, oh, I'm talking trash about this, but, you know, we see it, we see the foolishness that are out there and, and you know, these cats out here having different baby mothers, these people out here dealing with eight, nine, ten different women and not taking care of this child, this child, we know that story already, we under, you know, it, it's pushed in our face, you know, that's that, that movie's always pushed on us for us to watch but there are those out there that take care of their family that look out for their kids Absolutely. so I just, I'm just I'm just making sure that is being said I don't just want no, it to that be that definitely was said <laughs> there <laughs> are fathers black fathers black husbands who take care of what's theirs period and it's, it's no in between and I have had several examples of that um, and seeing that so in in Bravo to the black men and black fathers who are absolutely handling their business. I take my hat off to them, and it's not, and it's not as it's not as less as people think it is. It, it's it's actually quite a, um the numbers are large of the black men and fathers who are handling their business. So I don't want people to think that that's where I'm going with that. You know, and understand, you know, and, and I, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a father. The closest I have is God, kids, you know, and, and, and things of that nature. But, you know, I just wanted to be known that, you know, hey, 
even the applause, it is appreciated, but you know, we don't want to make it seem like that's such a oh my god, that's something that's great. You're there for your family? <laughs> like No, they, yeah, there 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 are men out there that understand that hey, you know, I, I laid down with this woman, whether or not we're together or not. You know, whether or not we're married or not, you know, given the situation, given the circumstances, because every circumstance is different. They're going to handle theirs accordingly. They're going to handle their responsibility. And that's just character in general. Mm -hmm. I mean, that may not even necessarily have to do with being a father or a husband. That's just a characteristic, a, a trait in them. Because, you know, you can, you can not be a father or a husband, but you can have that characteristic in you that say, hey, listen... Whether I have a child or not, like I, I take on a responsibility and duty because I'm just a man, and and I understand what that is. And if it is, like you said, you're not a father. So if it ever comes to that point that you are a father, the characteristics in you is already is already embedded in you to handle your responsibility. Right. So, um, just because you're not a father, a husband doesn't take away from the fact that. You know, you might not understand stuff on an everyday personal level all the time. However, just being a man who understands that I'm ahead of my responsibility, that's enough. Especially if you're the type of man that's going to make sure that, hey, what you doing? Why, why you not handling your business? Holding black men and fathers in general and husbands in general accountable for the things that they do because it affects the community. Which is why protecting black women is is something that needs to be addressed because this this is a community issue. This is not just a. I agree. My my home girl went through this, and I want her. I want people to know that I feel like she needs protection. Like this is not one of those situations. This is a community effort that needs to be addressed. Period. Like this is no. It's no in between. It's not, hey, this ain't my business, or hey, we're gonna sweep this under the rug. Because a lot of things, when it comes to protecting black women, have been swept under the rug, under the radar. Um. So the second verse I have is First Peter three and seven, where it talks about honoring your woman as the weaker, the weaker spouse physically, and just and I just and I. <laughs> I know black women like what I we I can do everything, but I and as feminist and strong as I am in my own will, I do believe that I am the weaker vessel when it comes to the father, husband, black man in my life physically. Now I'm not saying mentally I, I'll capacity because black women, women in general, mature faster than men. But when it comes to st stating that women as the weaker vessel physically, I agree with that. Um, but realizing that you are both equal, equally partnered in God's grace, you cannot have an effective prayer life without considering your wife. So every prayer that you you bring and present towards God, if you're not presenting your wife and in her needs, her care, understanding her as your equal spouse, y'all are together equally yoked. And you know a lot of people aren't equally yoked. However, God understands and blesses marriages so I don't want people to feel like once you enter into that union you're not blessed because once you enter into that union you are blessed by God regardless of what what the other extenuating circumstances are so you have to treat it as you are equally partnered with your spouse 
in everything that you present to God as a man, <laughs> a husband, father, in the household, you have to consider your wife. And I... <laughs> In um, Ephesians 5 25 loving your wives as God loves the church and I think that my biggest my biggest issue when I see marriages with black fathers and husbands is the fact that the the, the protection part the protection piece like I think the biggest like the most basic simple instructions on being there for your wife are just not met and I mean I'm appalled because the first thing that when it comes to husbands and wives and I think of is you having your wife back that comes with mother father, your mother your father your family I feel like a lot of times I see that's the basic thing need for a black wife woman that needs to be met and is not met. And to me, that's protection right there. Protecting your wife, your spouse from the outside world. Because in, in, when we come indoors, it's just us two. So, your, your woman, your wife bailing with your mother, your cousin, your homeboy, your homegirl. Everybody got an opinion. Honestly, to me, from the outside, and it's just, it's just, just me looking from the outside in. I don't like nothing about it. I mean, because I feel like once we once we connect into that union, it's it's always us and never them. And and that goes to every, and that goes to children too. And people don't understand that. But that's that's a whole other topic we're gonna cover on another day. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Michael, I've been talking for a while. So <laughs> Girl, I you want to bring that? I told you I'm here to be a listening ear. But I, I want your opinion on these things because I'm just talking. I mean, I'm just speaking on what the word says. That's. I mean, that's it. I mean, I mean, as far as you know, yes, are there examples? Are there plenty of examples? There are countless examples of men not standing up and handling their business accordingly. Of course, you know we see it all the time. As I stated before, that's the rhetoric that's being pushed. We don't get to see the man that's there for his family all the time. The man that's there, that's protecting his children, that's protecting his woman, his wife. We don't see that because, you know, those positive images, you know, that doesn't sell. You know, and I'm not saying, I'm not going to say. doesn't sell. Yeah, it doesn't sell. It's just that simple. You know, it's, it's, it's chaos that sells. It's, um, it's foolishness that sells. It's. The ratchet. You know, that's what sells. And, it's and entertaining. That's what it is. It's not entertaining to just see a man going to work, coming home, making sure the household is, is done, making sure the household is good, making sure his wife got everything that she needs to be able to run the household. It's a partnership there. Oh, say that again? Making sure the wife have everything that she, she needs, needs to, to run, run the household. household. Yeah. I just wanted to run that back because that's the a, that's a hidden gem of what you just said. And I just... I, I honestly want people to, to feel that a second time. So I just wanted to say that again. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be interrupting me, man. You're going you're gonna to have me lose my thoughts. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, no, but it's just... I, I hear it. I, I do see it. I can't sit here and, and act oblivious to the fact that there are those out there that's not handling their business the way they should be handling their business. And that's something that starts... Man, that, that that starts from home, man. That starts okay. from where, where they where they where they 
been raised, what they've seen, what they've experienced, you know. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's always nurture and I, I've, I I'm, a, I'm a true believer in um, it's a mixture of both it's a, a good mixture of nature and nurture what's going on in the household right. what, what's going on around you and and just what's in within you you know but that's accountability in the household with the mothers and the fathers raising the black young men into people that they, they can release to society because my biggest thing with my two sons is that and I've seen it and I've witnessed it in relationships that I've had and relationships that other people have had and just seeing it all over the world I my biggest thing and my biggest goal for me is to raise black men that can be released to society and I know that they're not endangering hurting or harming others and inflicting pain and traumas on women black women society the world. I don't want to be that mother that's on the news saying my baby ain't never did nothing wrong. <laughs> and I know in my whole heart of hearts that the accountability started with me correcting, guiding, and nurturing them to be men that I can release to society and not feel like I just release this beast to the wild. Because a lot of times that's what happens. Now, if you gear and raise your child up the way that they should go, and then they stray from that, then that's something different. That's totally different. And, and it's not always the parent's fault. However, it like you say, it, it starts at home. It starts at home. And then, you know, even with this um with this topic of protecting protecting black women. And you know, I spoke with my with my mother and um, you know, I spoke with her on a couple of things, you know, if, if anything is uh relative to the discussion moving forward I'll, I'll bring up the things that we we discussed but one particular thing I said you know I said you know mom I um I've never I've never felt the need to hit a woman like on some real abusive I'm angry I lost my mind type things and one of the main reasons no not I mean not the main reason but the, you know one one of the things is because I, I stated to her I never want to see dad put his hands on I've never once seen that. The example. I, I've never seen that. Anything that y'all had going on behind the scenes, y'all kept that from us. Y'all kept us innocent. We didn't see the things. Now, there may or may not have been things that have happened over the years. I won't say yay or nay to that. Mm -hmm. But that's one thing I can say. I've never seen that. Not saying that if you do see that, that gives you an excuse to go right. out there, you know, well, my daddy hit my mama and da 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 da. That's you know? psychological mind, yeah, narcissistic you know? type behavior. You know, we're not, I'm not saying that in the least. You know, what I'm saying is I do understand how that can play a role right. in influencing an individual as they're Trauma. growing up. You know, and and a lot, and making them believe that that's an okay behavior, and it's not. Another thing is, I said to her, I said, you know, I I felt as though you 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 instilled in me that um, protective nature, and growing up, I've been in situations where I've I've stuck up for individuals, you know, that weren't kin to me, that weren't um, I wasn't in a relationship with or anything like that. There and and. I'll be very honest, there are situations that, you know, I look back on as a 31-year-old man, you know, back in high school, back in, 
you know, maybe an early oh. girl by. Anyway, girl by. Don't hey, first of all, don't put my business out there. Man. <laughs> Do not put my business out. I'm gonna say thirty two. No, you thirty one. Mm-hmm. My bad. Current no, but you know, there there were situations that I go back and I look at and I say, you know what, I should have done better there. I should have handled that better. I shouldn't have handled that the way I did. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. But I think that as this discussion continues to move forward, and we as men, you know, we, I I just, there's certain platforms that I do see, I do read upon, that I do listen to, and you can hear the, um, you can hear the, the exhaustion in the women. You can hear the, the underlying anger, the it's underlying, spooky. it's there, you know, and um, this is by no means me saying I'm calling black women angry, I'm not saying that, but there is a level, there's, it's there's, warranted. There, it's, there is something there, mm-hmm. you know, there's something beneath the surface that, that they have within them, that makes them have to react that way, feel the way they feel, you know, and as we go forward in this, you know, it's up to us to lend a listening ear, to understand it. Because I've seen situations where men will listen, but then there are trigger words. Mm-hmm. There are trigger words. Black men, this, that. You know, it's weird. I'm not a fan of generalization at all. So it's a team and all. Um, and, you, exa- and you know, and once, once you hear that, and it seems as though the person is generalizing, Right. You automatically just say, you know what, I don't want to hear this, whatever, you know. And that's oh, real. It's very real. But I feel as though, you know, if you take the moment to just breathe in, breathe out, and just say, hey, check this. Um, I understand where you're coming from. Expound on it. Explain it a little bit more. Because I'm trying to understand where you all are coming from when you're saying that black women don't feel protected. What is it? I know Jojo around the corner. He go to bat for his sister. Okay. He go to bat for his mother. You know? But why is it that I keep hearing this rhetoric over and over again? That black women do not feel protected. And then I pass this back over to Miss E right now to expound on that. And and, and I just want to say that I really appreciate your feedback on that because a lot of men, specifically black men, really don't understand protect black women further than the hashtag. You know, further than what what they're used to seeing in their own personal space versus when black women say, and I, and I just want to say when I say protect black women, I don't mean jump in front of a bullet. Like, I, I don't want it to be so cartoon lies are so fictational that you know people don't understand that I just mean when I say protect black women I mean that it is your responsibility it's everybody's responsibility and care to take on that role of protecting black women because black women don't feel protected when it comes to situations where we are talking about our experiences and our traumas and we have to shrink our experiences Mm. to carry on because our black men in particular are fighting these battles and we want to stand behind them and out talking about our traumas and triggers especially our situations with black men in particular uh, we we it comes off as we're coming against the community when we say this black man attacked me or I, I was stalked 
or I was raped or the division in my household when it comes to black, my black mother nurturing her black son versus how she raised her black daughter. Also, having families coming from single moms, like I'm a single mom. But my own relationship with my father, my, my personal relationship with my father has always been rocky. So taking, when you remove the father out of the household and you're trying to expound upon understanding like, hey, I don't feel like there's nobody around for me to help me get through my traumas and my triggers and because life happens so everybody is going to experience different things but I know with my own personal relationship the first relationship that I've had when it comes to feeling protected by a black man was my grandmother's long-term living boyfriend I particularly didn't care for him and some of his ways and some of his views but I remember I, I was crying I was like I want to say eight don't quote me on this, but I want to say I was like eight, and I was like, oh, this boy broke my heart. Now, first of all, this was a fictional relationship in my own mind. I just had a crush on this boy. <laughs> so I don't want y'all to bash this, this young man. This was a relationship I developed in my own head. We're going to talk about that, too. Um, but I was just heartbroken because he liked this girl, and I just was like, I just couldn't grasp that concept. Like, that was this was my first experience with heartbreak, something I made up in my own mind. That's why we need to guard our own hearts as, as women. However, he went out. He was like, you know, he didn't understand what I was going through because I'm not really an emotional kind of creature. So, for, and black women have this image to be stronger than what we already are in our own strength. Like, we just have this persona that we have to put on that we are so strong in our own rights and it's really just a facade um to to learn how to deal with the outside that we are experiencing wow so um if you, if you don't mind me interjecting i'm so sorry if you don't mind me cutting in i find it listen y'all this isn't me being phony and like, oh my gosh, girl, we like we talked before this and we 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 threw ideas <laughs> off each other. Oh, you gonna say that? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump. No. We didn't do none of that. I came in here, I gave her a muffin, <laughs> we, <laughs> we sipped on some water, we tested the mic. <laughs> I told the, I told my god kids, hey, be quiet. And that's it, we got started. So let me I want y'all to understand that what she just said, that that facade that black women have to put on to deal with being quote-unquote alone in this world and having to fight every second that they're out and about that they're in the home that they're going to their jobs I literally just had a conversation with a very good friend of mine and she said those words verbatim and it's exhausting and she said that it's tiring she would love for just one day we actually I actually had this conversation with this person a month or two ago and I, I'll never forget the emotion that erupted from her as she stated, do you know how much I would love to just be soft and and just humble and quiet and nice? And But I can't put that up because I know the second I put that up, I'm going to have to fight for my life. I have to protect me and mine. Exactly. I have to put that facade up to deal with this world because... At a moment's notice, you're going to be attacked. 
And, and it's real. And people take advantage of that vulnerability. And, and then on top of that, with black women, you know, a good majority of us, she was stating, with a good majority of us truly feeling like we are not valued, even among our black men. We have to be brash. We have to be strong. We don't have a choice in the it's matter. Second nature. Actually, it's first nature. Let's, let's be real. This is this is first nature. I gotta be strong. You know, and, and, and I cringe. I'm not even gonna lie. In the inside, I don't take that as a compliment. I used to take that as a compliment. Oh, you're so strong. You're so opinion. You, you know, you, you're so caught up in your own. You do, you're independent. You handle your business. Like, I am if I'm so tired of the black woman being strong that that whole cliche facade i i'm exhausted with it i'm like listen and and and, and when i turned 30 i really sat down with myself and with my therapist because black women do therapy and i had to really let her know like i can't take th- these things as a compliment anymore because in truth i am exhausted i am tired i would love to be able to be soft, gentle, vulnerable, and and have somebody cater to me and my needs without me feeling like I need to take on the world. And 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 when people look at me, they say, "Oh, she's so strong, so she don't need help with these kids." Like you know, and and, and I'm a mother of four, and 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 I and I just made a post not too long ago about normalizing feeling like you should help a black woman without it being something that as a black man you should be rewarded for and when it comes to something like sexual or relationship like just normalizing being there seeing the seeing where the the bridge the bridge needs to be get and just filling that void and it, and black women we're so not used to it that when we see somebody being nice and kind and gentle to us that vulnerability shows and then we end up taking on these situations and traumas because somebody was nice to us and, I, and I'm just making it general I'm just making it like downplay but it's not really just you know a guy being nice to us but I'm just saying that we we mistake that for our cue to be like okay finally somebody and 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 I I want to get back to the story because my my grandmother's boyfriend he didn't know how to handle me and my emotion because black men don't understand I mean women are emotional creatures by nature so when when that all that emotion is spilled upon you it's your responsibility men black men should feel like it's their responsibility the duty to do something to cater to that need but I mean I feel like men are fixers indoors anyway so when they hear something it's like you can always tell that if a man is into you or interested in you because if you come up and present something to them as a need or some kind of vulnerability and they don't take action or do and in my mind because men are just naturally fixers if they don't feel like they they should they should help you or fix you or God, like God was going on in your life, then they don't care about you. I mean, and that's just, and a lot of times it don't even have to be that business. I'm not saying that all men just don't care. What I'm saying is that's because of those situations that I've experienced as a young girl with 
these father figures in my life. Like he went out and bought Brandy Never Say Never tape. And I played that tape to death. Have you ever? I hate that song to this day. I love Brandy, but I hate that song to this day because I played that cassette so much and he wanted to relate to my emotional need at the moment. So his his fix was, because men are doors, his fix was to go out and get this cassette tape for me to, to be in my own space and heal in my own time. In the same situation with my stepfather, and I, I want to say my stepfather, Antonio Shields, was gunned down in 2006 by Baltimore City Police, so Black Lives Matter, and I just want to point that out. Um, I didn't appreciate or learn the need of having a black man protect me in my life fully until he came into my life. And one thing I can say about my stepfather, he may have been a lot of things, but I felt safe, covered, and protected. And I feel like all black women should have had that relationship with some man in their life to feel like this black man has covered you you felt protected, you felt nurtured, you knew that no matter what, you have that one person. And a lot of black women don't even have that one person. And I feel like that's so crucial and such a necessity, especially to young black girls. Like, I was a teenager. I couldn't stand my stepfather. Like, like I was problematic. I wasn't used to it. I felt like I didn't need a father. But... That psychological trauma from my own father that I experienced, like I had to unwind that and unravel it. And that didn't even happen until after my stepfather passed. And I got into situations where I would, I mean, still to this day, I'm 31 years old. My stepfather died when I was 15, got killed when I was 15. To this day, emotionally, when I go through things, I'm like, if my stepfather was alive, it would be over for this dude. Like, and, and this is not an exaggeration. I, if, if I called him, I could bet on it that he was going to come through. And that type of emotional safety, that, that safety guard, that protection, I needed that. And I didn't realize that I needed that until I was a full-grown adult. The value in that, the gem in that. Because I feel like black girls who had black fathers in their lives and black 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 male figures who are there for them to protect them and guide them are just a little bit different like they just do things a little bit different like you can tell when a woman has had a father in her life or a father figure or some kind of guy in their lives so when my stepfather came through he came through like I remember I was in school and I called him and my voice cracked this guy had pulled out a knife on me I had never experienced nothing like that in my life. Like, I was traumatized. I called him just to tell him. Like, I think I just brushed past it. My voice cracked. Do you know my stepfather was, we lived in South Baltimore. My school was in East Baltimore, Lake Clifton. Do you know my stepfather got there in about 10, 15 minutes and he was dressed in all black and he was looking for him. On the property, before he actually came into the school to address the principal. And my and the funny thing about it is my principal already knew what time it was. Like she kept trying to talk to my stepfather, but she looked took one look at him. First of all, any man come dressed in all black, he he trying to attend somebody's funeral. So so 
my stuff all showed up, but and I never had that before. And as a 31 year old woman, that those type of situations when I say black fathers, black women protecting their children, their fathers, like fathers, like it's so it's so important for black fathers to be involved in their children's lives. And it's so important and it was always so important to me as a black mother to try to like pick somebody who I felt like would be there for their child. Now life happens. Don't get me wrong. I have made many, many, many mistakes when it comes to being a parent. But I always, no matter what the situation was, I always felt like if I ever had a daughter, I wanted there to be someone in her life that she can depend on, contact, feel protected, feel nurtured, feel guided by. So... That's why she might not be a godfather. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like, and you know, it's so, I, and I'm not going to get into our relationship too much, but I, um. Made too much, not at all, girl. <laughs> <laughs> just specifically that piece, because I want people to understand, because it's so, like, taboo, the whole relationship, you know, with that. But I, as a mother, as a black mother, I wanted my daughter to have someone in her life that she could depend on that I knew that will cover her and guide her like not just say anything do anything because I I, I mean to be honest I, I'm not even here for it like some of the stuff I hear fathers say and do when it comes to their black daughters I'm just like what are you even doing what are you even saying I mean there's no guide so I'm not I'm not gonna knock them, but I know for me personally, me picking you to be my daughter's godfather was keeping in mind the futuristic aspect of I'm gonna have a teenage daughter that's gonna need somebody there to talk to because I wouldn't talk to my stepfather before I went to talk to my mother. Like black black mothers, parents, and black girls is a little bit different. That, that situation is a little bit. That's a topic. <laughs> That's a topic for another day. Yeah. But when it comes to my stepfather, I needed that. So, so you you know you thought ahead as we were saying earlier. As we were saying earlier, the whole it starts at home. Yes, absolutely. The the, the, the protecting aspect of it, and you've gone out of your way to you know you you went ahead and did your thing and, and made the the best decision that you felt was at the time you know and moving forward for your eldest daughter because you don't want her to have that sense of not feeling like there's nobody there you know especially a black male figure that wouldn't protect her mm -hmm. no matter what mm -hmm. and I think that piggybacks into just other aspects of it the whole starting at home thing the going back and, and, and feeling like we're well, I'm just playing out actually. So we we just talking here, you know. Mm -hmm. Where do you think this all started? You know, what, what, what I mean, this whole aspect of just black women not feeling protected. I mean, this goes back all the way to slavery, and and I've been doing extensive research on this because y'all like that alley oop. We ain't, we ain't, pra <laughs> we ain't practiced this, y'all. We didn't practice this. <laughs> this went back to slavery, you guys. Listen, pro 
and black women in slavery, we were traumatized. Like we experienced so many different things. But in my extensive research, I've realized that even when black women were raped and abused and treated like property, because I mean, slaves are all treated like property. However, the inhumane acts that were placed upon black women in particular during slavery, being raped, being abused, uh, you know, these different types of things, like black women felt like even back in slavery, we couldn't come to our community and tell them these things that were going on because we didn't want to upset the community to cause harm to our black men for going out to protect us as it should have initially been you know automatic we felt like automatically hey if we go back and tell our black husband even in slavery it will cause so much undue harm to our black husbands and our black fathers and our black sons in slavery we didn't we just didn't want to cause that upset and in that blew my mind that even then, even in slavery, black women felt like we had to shrink our traumas to cover the entire community. Like, like we are the community. Black women are the community. Black women are the epicenter of black men, black women community, going activism, speaking about things. And it didn't take until... And even still in writing, like I, I looked at an article um, that was talking about the muted tongues of black women and having to protect black one, black men because the women do not want their voices to be an instrument that further neuters black men. And that word neuters, I was like, what? Neuters black men? What? Like that, and that was an article by Patricia Brutal, and I just I I want to quote my sources, um, and it was on Black women's post slavery syndrome, uh, a 21st century remnant of slavery, Jim Crow, and systematic racism who tells her stories, and even then we didn't want to talk about our traumas and our experiences because we wanted to make sure that the black man wasn't further treated like the animal that society made him out to be and, and even even coming into writing and I, and I, I love reading and uh, I love poetry and, and things like that and I, and I love to have I mean poetry allowed me as a child to come out of myself and to come out of my experiences and my traumas and um, Dr. Maya Angelou and I just want to she was like this big thing that exploded inside of me that allowed me to start dealing with some of my things by just speaking um so the examples of different stories that black women authors come out with like alex walker with the color purple like the color purple is one of my favorite movies and black men hate it <laughs> and they hate this movie this book this story because they believe that these ad adaptations are like fictional like what this happens Celie was abused by her father and then went on to marry into a marriage and her husband abused her this woman had identity issues self-hate issues she didn't love herself 
she didn't understand what self care was until you should came over and said, "Hey, girl, I'ma dress you up <laughs> and, and make you feel pretty and talk to you about life." Because should had and you know should had her own issues and in, in the color purple, but that was one of my favorite characters because she identified with what her issues were and she tried to go her own way, her own path. And at the end of the day, all she wanted was her father's approval because she had a father in her life. And you see that goes right back to how Suge's father was a preacher. <laughs> Suge, so, so you know she was raised up right. And, and, and that started back at her home. So Suge, the way she acted, the way she behaved later on in life wasn't a reflection of her childhood. More so was a reflection of having a father in her life that she just wanted to prove him have her approval and please so hard but people feel like I mean black men in particular feel like these stories have a gross terrible adaptation of black men and in reality we need to talk about it more to be honest <laughs> I mean I just literally before I started this podcast saw a post about a man talking about how Tyler Perry films are just a gross mis like this big fake thing against black men and I'm like do we experience the same lifestyles do we I mean and and not to take away from Tyler because some of his movies I feel like uh meh but the situations in the movies that he talk about when he dive he dive right into abuse childhood molestation and I don't understand why even in this day and age that and, and The Color Purple came out in the 80s. That even in 2020, people are still like, that don't really happen. Black women don't go through that. What black women speaking out about their traumas is offensive. Mm-hmm. It's offensive. It, you feel personally attacked mm-hmm. for yeah. black women speaking out, finally having a voice mind you because a lot of black women have been silenced you you'd be surprised how many black women grandmothers great grandmothers mothers have experienced trauma sexual abuse molestation at the hands of their family members and never spoke on it and you know the funny thing that you said that um i felt that way before you know in my younger years you know every now and again you know i'll I'll take offense to, you know, something. I'm more than likely won't speak on it, or I'll, I'll see a post that, you know, it's just, as I stated in the beginning of all of this, I hate generalizations. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. But that, I will say that I've felt that, so I can, um, if there are men out there that, that do feel that way, that still feel that way, and that's why they go so hard against certain posts, against trying to hear the situation out because they do feel personally attacked. Right. I and a lot of times I don't even comment because listen, if you're not, I feel like if you're not mentally ready to have these conversations as a oh, black man, oh, oh, then you're not, I'm you're not, not going to argue with you're you. You're not going to hear it. Then you're not going to hear it. You you have to get to a place where you can comprehend where uh, just staying on topic here, where a black woman is coming from when they speak of these situations. Because as I stated, sitting back and reflecting earlier, when I was listening to a friend tell me the plights that she goes through, the things that she deal with, and I had to sit back and think, well, damn, 
what did I do in all my years to add to this black to a black woman's plight? What have I done? What are the mistakes that I've made? What are the time when, when were the times where I looked the other way and I said, let me mind my business and something where I should have said, hey, yo, homie, check it. Don't do that. You know, or that because black men don't even expect black men to hold them accountable. We gonna talk about that. And, and that's a real that's a real situation that I feel like as black men. When we start holding other black men accountable, when we say, hey, not on my watch, like, no, no, homie, I, don't, I, I ain't with all that. I feel like, because the wheels start turning and clicking, because first of all, I honestly believe, like, if a, if a black man holds another black man accountable, it's respected. Especially coming from a loving place. Like, don't, don't get me wrong, some situations you gotta be like, rah, 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 no, we ain't doing it. However... I feel like black men need that love from their uh, from black men counterparts, their their brothers, to say, "Listen, I'm gonna hold you accountable for the actions that you you are doing, and and I want you to be responsible for the things that you're doing because this is affecting the black woman." You know, and then and so um, to piggyback off that a little bit, just to not totally veer away from it, but to still stay on topic, it's um, it's something it's something that's um. Let me get. It. Let me make sure I say this correctly. I feel as though there there are. It's sort of second nature to turn a blind eye because that's what you're taught. That's what you're taught. You're taught to mind your business. You're taught. We, we're we're speaking on it. Let's let's talk about it in the village aspect of things. Like we were just saying. Like you just said earlier. You know, we 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 we're not. We don't look at this as a community issue. You know, we look at this as. No, I'm just minding my business. It's mm. not my business to get involved with baby over there and her man and going at it and he slapped her in the face and Ooh. you know and this and that. That's not my place to nah dog, you know. And we're gonna talk about that. That's gonna know, be a major topic we're gonna hit. So it's it's um you you know, and I, I think I think a lot of us are starting to realize that we were taught that growing up, you know, you don't mind people's business. You don't, you don't, when you see mm. something going on that don't got nothing to do with you, don't deal with it. Don't, 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 don't insert yourself in these situations, you know? So it was, it, it, it's something that it really made me take a step back and say, damn, that is something that I've definitely said a bunch of times where I saw something where I'm like, nah, man, you can't be doing that. And I said, but hold on, man, then tutus. They pull a gun. They, I go to the, you know, in your mind, because when you're taught something, you automatically go to the extreme. Mm -hmm. You just do that. It's just second nature. Of course, you're going to think along the lines of, oh, man, I do that. Then all of a sudden, 10 of his homies jump out of nowhere and they, they jump me. I, you know, it because right. you try to, you try to justify not doing anything mm -hmm. because you feel as though, well, damn, if I do something and then I end up hurt, what do I look like now? This and that. But again, We've been taught to value the aspect of minding your business over mm. the value of community because we do need to look out for one another for one another. And not to not, not, not to not to not because this you know, a top we can we can bring up the topic of, you know, black women and the things they do to black men to make them feel a way. That's a totally different aspect of it. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the aspect of black women needing to feel protected by the black man by her community mm -hmm. and 
it's 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 you know it's sad to hear that so many black women i i had a friend you know i have a friend that um she literally told me this in her 43 years of being on this earth outside of her father her brother her son me myself and i i'm the first guy i'm the first dude that she knew 100% without a doubt would never raise his hand against her. And that's heavy. And I said, what? Out of all the people you've dealt with, that's out heavy. of all the your cousins, your male friends, you know, partners, whatever, you know, me? And I said, that's that's a problem, man. That's, that's, that's not how it should be. And again, I say, it starts at home. It starts on what we're being programmed with. Mm -hmm. It starts on what you're willing to listen to, what you're willing to understand. You have to have the desire. It has to be there. I have a desire to protect those that I love. And as we continue to have this conversation, I have a desire to protect those that are around me in my community because I do feel like the black woman is valuable. So valuable. You know? Some people may not agree with me because they, they they ended up on the wrong end to stick with me, but that's another story. But 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 no, but no, just to just to keep it light, no, absolutely. And um, again, I I feel like once the desire is there, you know, we can start moving forward. But the problem is, for a good majority of women, they feel as though the desire is not there to protect them. And we're gonna dive into that in our second segment of protecting black women because this is such a heavy topic that we have to do two part segments. And we're not gonna cover everything, but I need to hit Girl, I wanted to talk about Megan the Stallion and stuff. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. We're gonna have to hit every topic. So the next and, and you're right, the next the second segment, we're gonna talk about Megan the Stallion. We're gonna talk about Tory Lanez. We're gonna talk about Breonna Taylor. We're gonna talk about black women in the twenty first century still not feeling protected. Because we had slavery, we had the Bible, we hit the 80s. Um, we will be coming up into the present, and we're going to talk about that. And thank you so much, Michael, for coming in and sharing your thoughts and your opinions and your views on the protection of black women. And we want to end this. You got anything else to say, girl? Thank you. <laughs> you won't call me in here, <laughs> Michael. You want to come in and talk? You know, <laughs> I mean, I just felt like I just felt like that 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 chemistry was needed. I needed that. Um, That's all good. So. I, I appreciate it and um, all love. And you know, we're gonna continue the conversation and uh, you know, keep it moving and try to deep dive in some of these serious conversations and topics that need to be had. It all can't be covered in two parts, three parts, four parts. But we're gonna try, y'all. We're gonna try. And thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in to Seriously Self Care first ever episode again. Woo! I do, am do, do so your little audience. Excited. Do your little audience. Wait a minute, let me get to it. Let me get to it. I'm so excited. Thank you, guys. <laughs> and this is your host, E. And thank you for tuning in with Seriously Self Care Podcast. You. Yeah.